Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Level up, human. The comedy science podcast. Souping up the Homo sapien. Hello, humans. Welcome to another episode of Level Up Human Extra, where we try and delve behind the headlines to figure out what's happening today that will affect our tomorrow and our species. Simon Watt, and of course, producer. Hi, I'm Rachel Wheely. I am sitting on a very small chair, which belongs to one of my children. I've just moved house. We're still surrounded by packing cases. I have not unpacked much since the last episode. <laughs> so should we drive right in? We're looking at the news stories behind, well, in a lot of this, massive, massive calamity. <laughs> so what I'm looking at here, uh, well, scientists are working out which cities are going to flood first. One slip up with the Thames barrier and we're all swimming to work. Yeah, these guys are they're trying to work out actually a sort of a forecasting tool to see how different ice sheets melting in different parts of the world will affect different cities and trying to figure out which ones will be hit first and most um they're factoring in not just climate change but even things like the earth's wobble mm-hmm. so earth has got a, a wobble as it's rotating it's not like a spinning top it's got a little bit of a groove to it i guess okay and this means that if they model this correctly then uh, it'll affect some places more than other places so london you're doomed uh, new york you're doomed Sydney, you're probably doomed. One of the problems of our cities, of course, is that as a, a species, we tend to have our cities built in rivers, and we tend to have a lot of them built near coasts, and it tends to be where the bulk of our population lives now, I think. Isn't there now more people living in cities than anywhere else in the world? So this stuff will affect us, and uh, bearing in mind that we have a nasty habit of already relying on levees and barriers and things, we might need to do a little bit more planning. We have to get on working on gills. That should be our, our thing number one. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you get gills? Um, it's pretty simple, actually, to some extent. Uh, it's just a thing that you breathe through that folds out. So a lung is just a thing you breathe through that folds in, and a gill is one that you breathe through that folds out. Now, I'm not turning, suggesting we literally go and turn ourselves inside out as a survival mechanism. There might be some troubles with that. But... Yeah, look, there's no happy ending here. Any story about climate change is just sort of like, hello, would you like to be depressed while Simon talks for a little while? This is my worry about covering climate change stories, but 
We can't not cover them just because it's depressing. Do you know the other thing is, because like, I have to do this an awful lot as part of my job, I get invited onto news like every so often whenever, I don't know, a new species has died or has discovered something new and it has died. And we discovered <laughs> a new way in which climate change is going something to kill Something has gone extinct, call Simon Watt. Yeah, that, that happens. Like people will start, this will be a Pavlovian conditioning thing. People will see me come onto the news and go, oh... It's the there harbinger no of doom more, again. There are no more Subatran pandas. Subatran pandas. That was a good made-up species. Thanks. And made-up place. I'm not even Two sure birds, one stone. where Subatra is. And it, never mind. Subatra is not, is not a place. I think you mixed up Sumatra and <laughs> I don't know what Suba is. This is what I loved about Homeland. Do you ever see Homeland? Yeah, I'm aware so, of it. Homeland kept talking about the Tazbeks all the time. The Tazbeks are going to get us. And it was just like this amazing sort of smashing together of vaguely Middle Eastern sounding countries that they'd done to, to make up um, a thing. My now I'm going to discover that Tazbek is actually a place. Hang on. Look it up. While you're looking, my, my favourite thing from Homeland, I, like, and this was after I'd watched a bit of it and it didn't get on well with it, so I stopped. Um yeah, and just not for me. Didn't I? Didn't get what was what people were liking about it at all, really. Um, but yeah, they 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 got some people to do some graffiti to kind of rough up some area, uh, and they did all this graffiti. I think it was in Arabic, and they asked these artists to write it. And if you translate it, it just says "Homeland is racist" over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, they might have been onto something there. Yeah. There was a, a program called um, Ambassadors, which had Tazbekistan. Ah, that was with uh, Mitchell and Webb, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of there, the Tazbeks. But um, Homeland, it might not have been Tazbeks, but it was something similar. Generic trying to sound menacing and not from around here. Yes. That was what they were going for, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, How yeah, horrible. Exactly, oh. exactly. Just, just generic racism, well, look, so it's fine. Well, maybe we, that's what we need. We need a new thriller, which will all be about climate change and not as bad as The Day After Tomorrow. No. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, my word. They ran away from the cold. That's actually part of the plot. And that did massive harm to the environmental movement, actually, because people thought that that was what climate change would be like. It made it look ridiculous. So they're trying to up the ante. So they they tried to do Hollywood-style sort of uh, drama and peril invasion. They wanted a disaster film. And they may as well have a disaster film and just, you know, switch on the news already. Like the current, the first climate refugees already exist. There are islands which are going to be under the sea and entire ways of life wiped out as a result of this. So yeah, this is this is the bad thing, is that yes, it is always going to be depressing. And the thing that everybody wants to hear when you are on the news talking about this stuff is what can we all do? And increasingly, I'm always tempted to say nothing. Um, because what they what they want to hear is, you know, the standard reduce, reuse and recycle, which we all can do. You, you have take to put your flights. head under a table, don't you? That's, I know that's earthquakes. <laughs> um, that can't be it. No, but the point here is actually what we have to really do is also admit that this stuff is a political issue. So when you have a government claiming it's going to be the greenest one ever and it isn't, you have to hold them to task. Mm-hmm. You know, this should be something we do consider when we vote and we have to find ways of holding companies to, to task for environmental crimes. We have to do things like not pull out of climate change talks yeah but simon you've already told us that when when siberia thaws out we're all doomed anyway yeah so, so siberia thawing that's because so unless we, un, until we can stop that happening it's it's all over we've got something else uh, about gene editing in humans right 
Yeah, no, this is good news, though, actually. Yay! Hooray! So it's the first gene editing attempts on cells inside a patient, and it's happened in California. A guy called uh, Brian Maddow, I hope I'm getting his right name right there, who's 44 from Arizona. From Arizona? Arizona. <laughs> you just said it with an Arizona accent. Did it? I? Yeah. Oh. Maybe. Well, he's been given this experimental treatment to try and correct a defect in his DNA, which causes Hunter's syndrome. And he was prepared for it because uh, he says he's in pain every second of the day. So, fingers crossed it works. It's really good that this uh, this therapy, which will replace an enzyme or a gene that that causes this enzyme, and it breaks down um, sugars, basically, will hopefully help him. Yeah. And this, this presumably is one of the syndromes that is affected by only one error in a genome. So, yeah, the, the therapy, it's got these two um, molecular scissors, and they call them uh, zinc finger nucleases, which I think sounds like a really tasty biscuit, a zinc finger. And they cut DNA at a precise point. And then when that opens up, they can shove in a little bit of the genetic code that, that is absent in this man's case. Um, and this will be done uh, basically in his liver. That's where he really, really needs it. It works in mice, so there's good reason for hope. Um, but yeah, uh, they're also hoping that this, uh, this can be introduced perhaps early to people who have this condition. So this guy's 44, but if you can introduce this to babies, um, it'll have much, much bigger effect because they won't have this sort of accumulated damage over time. Um, if nothing else, it does brain damage and harms IQ and the like. More good medicine. More of this, please. Tesla have been at it again. Um, They're now working on trucking. And this does seem like one of the best places to start with uh, electric cars and driverless cars. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it'll save a lot of cash, actually, I guess. And yes, it does mean that they will take our jobs. The machines are taking over. So it might be a good idea to try and shape our society beforehand. I wonder how long it will be before we are happy to send driverless trucks out on the road with no driver. Why is that? Well, so it's different from cars, isn't it? Driverless cars, obviously you're in the vehicle because you're trying to go somewhere. Yes. So you're there because you're the luggage. Yes. Essentially, (laughs) right? But Tesla lorries are driving cargo from one place to another and so technically can be without driver. Yes. But when are we going to be happy to have them without driver? I reckon reasonably soon, as long as we can prove that they're better than humans. Like that should be the drive for nearly all these things, that they have less accidents than humans. Yeah, well, they, I'm sure they will. I've got no doubt at all that driverless cars are the future and the way forward and brilliant and everything. But when are we going to be happy to have... So, like, when are you going to be allowed to fall asleep at the wheel of your driverless car, for example? Yeah. You know, because at some point they're going to say, well, you've got the driverless capability in this Tesla now. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of thing that could be downloaded to your car overnight. So it might not be there one day. And then the next day it's like, no, it's a driverless car now. You can just plug in your destination and off you go. But I would imagine to start with, they'll say you must remain an active driver of the vehicle, even though it's driving for you. So you're asking what will it take for us to be happy that there's no and human... when would we say, okay, actually now you can fall asleep in the car and it will take you from A to B? I think it's going to happen surprisingly soon. Um, mainly just because humans are kind of rubbish. Like, so I know one of the reasons why she's been holding back this stuff is the the um, what amounts to the liability. You know, whose fault is it? 
mm. if the car crashes. Mm. And I guess one of the things that might be different in terms of trucking is that uh, if a truck driver crashes and they've been driving for 16 hours or something, um, is, is it the company that's liable? Or is it the truck driver? Mm. Or is it a combination of both? Like the insurance for a truck will be belonging to the company and the like. So it might well be that this liability question is one that's very, very different fundamentally for for cargo than it is for people. Um, so I reckon this will happen. And I reckon this will happen quick. And it's just because of the money behind it. And because of the the fact that it might be better. Like truck driving is hard because people are doing it for so, so long. And they yeah. have to take rest stops and things. Mm. Whereas, of course, the computer will not. And therefore, if they can get away with it, if the money makes it right, that's why I think this is going to happen quicker. So we think this is a good thing and uh, likely to happen and progress. Yeah. Do we believe in progress as a concept? Yeah, more or less. (laughs) (laughs) More or less for progress. Yeah, of course. People will be worried again of the taking our jobs, but it just means there's more different types of jobs. And I do think we have to get society ready for this instead. You know, like maybe this is the type of time when we should be talking about ideas like universal basic income. Yes, know. well, we've talked about that before, I think, universal basic income, haven't we? As the machines take over, should we all get a wage to sort of dilettante around with a load of... Well, some of some of the cutting-edge research into that sort of socioeconomics is actually coming out of Silicon Valley as well, because they want to be prepared for when they take all our jobs. Um. I kind of see it as only a good thing. If society's prepared, surely we can all go off and waste our time being artists and poets and podcasters instead. That'd be quite nice. As, as the sea floods through the front door. We can all learn and to And we get swim. carried off into the... Yeah. That's that it. Might, that might be the thing to do with all the free time, guys. Learn to swim for when your city floods. Develop the driverless boat. Although, oh, no, that was a bit... Was, there's been some hacking... Uh, that they're aware of of people using major GPS strange things to try and um, make ships believe that they're in different places than they are. Really? Yeah. Which ships? Um, Well, currently it just seems to be cargo ones in certain parts of the world, and they're almost like they're being tested. digital pirating where pirates are going to be sitting in front of computers rather than wielding pistols and leaping over the bullocks of your... Bullocks. The bullocks? <laughs> Leaping over bullocks. the bullocks you've got? What? <laughs> Bulwark. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Bullocks. How do you say that word? I, I don't know because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> B-U-L-W-A-R-K-S. Bullocks. Ah, okay. I so don't think it's pronounced bullocks. <laughs> there was a ship earlier this year which appeared to disappear, and people are blaming what we what we can call some like it's effectively almost like war hacking. So as ships that are like aircraft carriers and things are very reliant on GPS and the like to know where they are, if there is means of disrupting GPS then that will that can be used aggressively. Mm-hmm. And so some people think that a ship that was coming into the Russian port of Novorossiysk I'm no doubt saying that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Please email us with the correct pronunciation <laughs> of that. And well, also bullocks. <laughs> some people think that that might have been hacked almost like practice. Oh, right. Hmm. Wow. Maybe, maybe not. So actually, that'll be another thing which will happen. That's a big question for anywhere where we're having driverless vehicles and whatnot. Are we leaving, by the interconnectivity of everything, are we having a massive security vulnerability? I mean, it's... Can the trucks be weaponized? It's definitely an interesting concept that you could have uh, top officials sort of kidnapped by hackers. Mm. So you or, take control of the Queen's car on the way to the state opening of Parliament or the King's car by this point and um, divert it into somewhere else and then you've got a hostage worth a lot of money. I bet the Queen will still go to the state opening of Parliament in a coach and horses on the basis that you can't hack a horse. So the first known oh. asteroid to visit our solar system from interstellar space has been given a name. And what do they call it? Asteroid, McAsteroid phase. Oh, please tell no, me that's haven't. true. Please they tell called me. it Oumuamua. Um, what does that mean? Which means a messenger from far arriving first in Hawaiian. Ah, why did they go for Hawaiian? That's a good question. Oh, oh it's because uh, it was discovered by a Hawaii-based astronomer using an observatory on Maui. There's a lot of people who are wanting to get onto uh, mining asteroids. Yeah. Asteroid mining is probably the thing which is going to be more interesting than visiting other planets. Why more interesting? Well, because in terms of the change that it will make to everybody on Earth, if you can get resources from space, it will make more of an impact than putting some people on Mars. Yeah, true. You know, like the Jeff Bezoses of the world who are building suborbital space travel companies now and, and, are, and are interested in space mining are going to be going out and doing all this stuff while other people are doing much more ambitious projects of putting humans on Mars. And um, it's probably more profitable to get into asteroid mining. So this will be like the next big, big, big thing, but it's probably still quite far away, right? Yeah, I would have thought so. Because the asteroids are not close by. I don't know how it works, though. I don't know whether you just, you know, you so you've got to land a thing on an asteroid, which strikes me as pretty difficult. Hey, if we've done it for a comet. We've done it already. Yeah, we have. So no, for so it for is a possible. comet, not for an asteroid. Oh, okay. I don't know how we've observed asteroids that well. 
but the combat was pretty cool. It was not pretty cool. It was very cool. It's one of the best things humans have ever done, probably. Yeah. Yeah, and the animations that they made about it are also one of the best things that mankind's ever done about it. Check out the filet. They're basically little box cartoons, but they're so, so emotive and lovely, and you will not believe how much you will Could we tweet sympathize. some? Yeah. Oh, you will sympathize with this lander. We'll, we'll tweet some. What is it? Filet. There's Philae and Philae. Uh, oh, Rosetta. Yeah, this Rosetta spacecraft and Philae, who was their little robot. Okay, we will we'll tweet some cartoons of that if we can. Biohackers are using CRISPR on their DNA and we can't stop it. Ah, hold on, lots there. So first, why? And then why can't we stop them? And generally why, actually? I mean, this is this is quite scary, isn't it? That if you can get hold of CRISPR technology, you can use it on yourself, and nobody can really stop you from doing that potentially. So there's a guy Josiah Zayner, who's a biochemist, uh, and he's a biohacker, right. and he's been injecting himself with DNA at home, and he's also selling kits to allow other people to do the same thing, although they do say that it's non-injectable and you shouldn't use it, but people probably will. Um, he runs a biohacking startup called the Odin. As in named after the, the Norse god? Yes, possibly. Tell us about the Norse god. Uh, Odin One-Eye, sort of the, the Viking Zeus, like the Viking king of all the gods. He's got a great big hat. Sold his <laughs> got a great big hat. Why didn't you start with that? He's got a great big hat. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just looking up Odin. We need to tweet a picture of this as well. Basically, it's like Gandalf in a Viking helmet. Yeah. Oh, not necessarily a Viking helmet. He's supposed to have like a kind of wide-brimmed hat. It was basically so he could kind of keep himself concealed. A god of duplicity and sneakiness as well as war and all the other stuff. Interesting. Anyway, cool guy, but uh, th- that's besides the point. So the startup well, is called the Odin, presumably named after this uh, Norse god. The and and Josiah Zayner has, has well, he's the, he's the person behind glow-in-the-dark beer. Uh, which okay, is, hold on. We're not moving on from that like as if that's a normal thing. Is, is it like bioengineered glow-in-the-dark beer? Is, was it, it using is, GFP? Bioengineered beer, which which this guy thought that he could make and that that would be fine, but the FDA are very angry about it and are not letting him sell it. There was there was a big court case years back where some people were trying to get funding making trees glow in the dark to save money on streetlights. Basically, mm-hmm. they were doing this for an equal reason, but uh, it, yeah, they were getting trying to get crime funded, and then it turned out that they couldn't because. The law. <laughs> so you have to be careful when you're introducing things uh, that are genetically modified. Basically, yes. you don't want the genes yes. going wild and crossbreeding. The, the kind of stuff which people were very, very scared of at the very beginning of like the genes revolution. And people were saying, ah, you know, Frankenstein foods, etc., etc., etc. Well, stuff can go wrong, which is the reason why you do need laws. But, you know, there's nothing to be terrified, terrified of. But why can't we stop these people then, bearing in mind that we are trying to introduce laws for everything else? Well, I don't know why you can't stop them or whether the, the law needs to come into it. I'm, is, but- it is it the equivalent of Napster? Basically, has the tech got so far that theft is everywhere? 
Do you remember Napster back in the day? Yeah. The file sharing thing? And it basically meant that an entire generation were criminals, more or less. Yes. You know, and that, that means that the world's a very different place than it was now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether this is that sort of thing. It's more just that if you're doing it to your own body, there's not much anyone can do to stop you. That's not true, because you could make that argument for drugs and people stop you, you know, that they, they control it on the supply side. You know, yeah, that's true. The CRISPR well, dealers are going to have to get... Well, this guy actually says uh, that he wants people to get drunk and decide to get them do some CRISPR on themselves. <laughs> you know, the way you might do uh, decide to get a tattoo when you've had a few too many. Yeah, and that's a bad idea as well. So that's a bad a idea one. as well. Yeah, but he, he, he seems to think that that's a, fi- that's a fine thing. And uh, the main concern seems to be that he's selling these kits online and people will use them. And actually, the main problem here is that people end up getting infections because they're just injecting themselves with stuff that they don't understand. I've got a new story for you. Research in prairie voles shows that male voles who drink more alcohol than their partners are more likely to cheat. Right. So, prairie voles like a tipple. But not all prairie what? voles. What? How like do they get their tipple? Um, in, in this case, through uh, scientists going into the shop for them. <laughs> they hang around Risking. outside and say, can you get some fags and a six-pack, please? Yeah. Uh, this is research that's published in the journal Frontiers in Psychiatry. And they've discovered that, okay, prairie for a start, are astonishingly faithful. They're astonishingly cute. They're astonishingly cute as well, which is a good job that they're faithful for that. And mm. they also like alcohol. And if they're given alcohol as an option, some like it more than others. But the deciding factor for a couple staying together is that they like the booze the same amount. So heavy drinking males and females are more likely to stay together and teetotal males and females are likely to stay together. But if there's a disparity... I mean, that, that, there's no there's no question in my mind that that would be the case. Well, for us and Prairie Vols, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. But if they're able to understand the mechanisms, perhaps they'll be able to do, do the same thing in us. And I'm not saying, look, if your partner drinks loads, the only thing you want to do is up your game and <laughs> match them, drink, drink for drink, and that is that a healthy relationship. That will definitely help. Particularly bad for males, it seems. The males who uh, drink more are more likely to be infidels, and as in commit infidelity. So, okay, we, we, so there's two things here. One is voles who drink the same amount stay together. Yeah. And the other is that males that drink more cheat more. Yeah. But if their partner drinks as much, not as much. Do it prairie seems voles have monogamous relationships in the first place? Pretty much, yeah. Compared they to do. all the other rodents. Okay. And that's unusual because usually if you find uh, an animal which is monogamous, it's just a sign that you haven't been studying it closely enough. Mm-hmm. Like cheating is common, as we can see, when they get drunk, anything happens. It does It does really sound like scientists are just plying prairie voles. Well, I want to know what scientists apply, what else scientists are plying with alcohol just to see what happens. Probably more than we realise. Probably loads of animals have been intoxicated for for the sake of science i think that's it for this episode of level up human extra thank you very much indeed for listening simon have you got anything to tell us about in the next few weeks we've got nothing obvious coming up apparently we're getting near christmas if you're wanting good things to do in the next year well you can find me at smash fest you'll see me at edinburgh science festival northern ireland science festival just keep your eyes to my website um actually check out my twitter i'm more likely to update that that's simon d watt What's your switch? Mine is at Rachel Wheelie. And of course, you can get in touch with both of us at Level Up Human 
Oh, you can email us at levelupyouman.com. And you can get us a Christmas present if you want. We are open to being patronized by Patreons via <laughs> Patreon. Um, it's the 20th of December today. You can, if you've enjoyed the podcast over the last year, you can sign up to be one of our gang of patrons and help us to buy more microphones and kit and guests and get further and do more things. Yeah, and of course this part, the extra, is actually still pretty experimental at this stage. So please tell us what you'd like more of, what you'd like less of. We understand if you want less fecal transplants. Less, so do we, but that's the research. Less fecal transplant material is always good, I think. Nobody wants to hear about crapsules. Or, no, no, there's two different... We covered this at Latitude. There's two different types of fecal transplant. We don't have to cover this again. And then. transfusions. Oh... Maybe we should agree that we're only going to talk about fecal transplants at festivals because people are a bit more in tune with it, those things. You're on. See ya. Bye. That was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheelie, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyuman.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.